Get your Bible, let's hold it up, and let's make our confession. The Word of God, word of God is, truth. is truth. If I live the Word, I, the word, I, will, be I will be blessed. If I don't, if I, don't I, won't. I won't. It's just that simple. Yes. Tell your neighbor that as you're seated. Honey, come on up here. Great word, Dan, at the offering. You know, I heard this. Uh, actually, I read it. It was, uh, I don't know if it's a true story or not. It's supposedly it was, but this sounds more like a joke to me. The man came to the pastor and said, Pastor, I, I want you to pray for me. He said, I, I've got a challenge, and I just don't know what to do about it. And the pastor said, what is it? And he said, well, when I was poor and I made $50 a week, it was easy to tithe. And then I, I started making $500 a week, and that was easy for me to tithe, to give $50. But he said, now I'm making $5,000 a week. And that means that I have to write a tithe check for $500. And I just can't do that. I need prayer. And so the pastor said, okay. He just reached out and put his hands on him and said, Lord, you see this man's heart. Help him to return to making $500 a week. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you'll get it in just a minute. <laughs> you know, you cannot outgive God. And when you do what God tells you to do, when Dan was sharing that story, I was thinking that when we were in Mexico for the first time, and we went to a little village down there. And not a little village, it was a town, Puerto Escondido. And, and they told us, now when you go into these shops, you negotiate down with these people. You can get things for practically nothing. And I remember, I still feel it. I remember walking into this shop thinking, okay, I can do that. And I walked into this shop, and there's this guy sitting here with these six children behind him, all of his children. Poor as could be, I could tell that. And I'm looking at him thinking, I'm going to negotiate him down. And I remember just looking at him and said, what's fair? And he told me, and I said, that's fine. And I gave it to him. I could not negotiate down because I knew he needed it a lot worse than I did. But uh, you going to minister with me today? I guess I am. You look pretty. I don't think are you, there I am. Are you on? I'm on. I mean, really on. I am. Okay. I am. I am. <laughs> if you have your Bibles. <laughs> Got my the, brain turned on right uh, Turn to the book of Mark, <laughs> chapter 11. We're going to start reading there. And as I was praying about this message, uh, I, I kept hearing these words, iron dome, iron dome, iron dome. And, and, and all of you who have been here in, for a while know that recently I was privileged to be able to go to Israel and actually visit an Iron Dome site and have a briefing by the military, the IDF over there, Israeli Defense Force, on how it works and all of the, not the specs, but all of the intricacies of the technology of how it worked. And it was really awesome to, to hear that. And, uh, and that, that Iron Dome is activated and how it works and how it overtakes any missile coming in and destroys it. And it's got over a 90% rate. And now America, thank God, has that technology. And because of Iron Dome, Hamas, I believe this is the reason, Hamas has now agreed to negotiate with Israel. And I believe they will eventually say that Israel has a right to exist. It's the only way they will have peace over there. And uh, for the Palestinians, we pray for them, but we, we pray that Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Muslim Brotherhood either get saved or whatever else. And uh, 
whatever else. Well, God can be in, into the whatever else. But as I was praying about this message, I kept hearing this Iron Dome, Iron Dome, Iron Dome. And uh, it's that we have an Iron Dome, and it's time to activate our Iron Dome. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. But, honey, the word that kept coming to me was, uh, was they, they, they told us about all the technology Everything about how it was developed by Israel and, and their engineers and, and their people, and that the technology is so advanced that there's nothing like it in the world. And that the minute the rocket, and some of you heard this before, but the minute the rocket from Hamas or anywhere else, Hezbollah or whatever, is launched, they know the launch took place. The technology is so current that they know exactly where the rocket was launched from. They know exactly where the rocket is going, and they know whether or not it's a populated area or an isolated area, and as to whether or not they need to launch uh, uh, the, the, the Iron Dome, to activate the Iron Dome. And they were going through all of the intricacies of this technology and how it works, and it's just unbelievable that within seconds... They know where it came from, they know where it's going to land, and they know exactly how to fire their rockets into Hamas and destroy the launch pad where that rocket was fired from. It's absolutely amazing. And one of the guys said, well, what kind of technology is it that launches the Iron Dome missile to intercept? And he said, oh, we have to use our finger. We have to use our hand. And everything is activated by hand. Now, for some reason, when that hit me, it was like, with all of this technology, and you still have to activate it yourself in order to do it. And that every time that that Iron Dome goes into effect, there is someone sitting there with all of these things looking at them, and he has a few seconds. They said they try to do it within 10 seconds to push and to activate it. Folks, we have an Iron Dome, and it's called faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need to activate our Iron Dome. We need to activate our Iron Dome. And the enemy is out there trying to kill, steal, and to destroy, honey, but we have been given the victory. And, you know, I love to read books about the end time and, and, and the, 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 the latest one out, the Shemitah, uh, the, the, uh, the one before that was uh, by J uh, Jonathan Kahn. Uh, hmm, what was it? The Some, Harbinger. Oh, The Harbinger and all those books. And there's nothing wrong with being educated, but I believe our greatest days are yet ahead. Amen. And, you know, when we uh, look at the Word of God, there's nothing but victory forecast for the church. But it comes through obedience. Yep. And then the only thing we can give God here in the earth is our faith. Yeah. Because faith is what pleases God. Hebrews eleven six. It says that no matter what else, you know, we do a lot of things that God asks us to do. We use our gifts and talents for the glory of God. But the thing that pleases God, everybody say pleases God, is our faith. Is our faith. And why is that? Well, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it means we're believing for things that have not yet been manifest in the earth. Everybody say, that's faith. And, and it, has, it has substance, because I was thinking about that. It's the old hymn that said, Blessed Assurance. That's substance. Blessed Assurance, mm. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heirs of salvation. 
you know, all those words in that hymn are blessed assurance. God has already given us, the Bible says in Second Peter chapter 2, he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and it's through his precious promises. And if you read the word of God, there is nowhere in the word of God that says God will withhold from the body anything that we ask for if we ask according to his will and his plan. So we've already been given everything. How do we activate everything we've been given? By faith. Because God is a God who operates by faith himself, and he expects us to do the same. Now, who activates your faith? I do. We do. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you activate your faith. You activate When God faith. shows you something to do, it is always going to be beyond you, and you're going to have to activate your faith to have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says he will have, he will have that. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Now, our ultimate faith is in God. And when God shows us things, every single one of you, have been shown things by God already that are beyond your ability. Let me see your hands. Oh, yeah. And you either haven't done them yet because you don't think it's God's timing, or you haven't done it yet because it doesn't make sense to you. Our example, go to Tulsa, you find the meaning for your life. I don't know what that means. I don't have enough money. All of those types of things. I remember when we, only, we were down to one car, and I hear everybody talking about other people get cars, and God told me to give away an old car that was a piece of junk anyway, but it was about three, $400 worth of salvage. I needed three, $400. God told me to give away the car. Didn't make any sense, but I had to activate my faith. Now, everybody say it like you mean it. Faith. Okay. We had to activate our faith. I had to activate my faith and do something that I didn't want to do in my natural mind because I had planned that I could junk that car for about $300. But instead, we gave it to a guy who really needed it. I felt like God showed it to me. Came into agreement with Pam, walked out of the Maybe Center one day where we had a church services. A man sitting in his car called me over there said, Bill, God spoke to me and said, give you this car. When he bought that car, I turned to Pam and said, if I were going to buy a car, I'd buy that very car. I love that car. And two years later, that car was mine. I had never been given a car before. I like that. <laughs> Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, activate your faith. Activate your faith. I like free stuff. I don't like paying for stuff. I like free <laughs> stuff. But you know what? I like to give stuff away, too. I like to give stuff away. My neighbor, my neighbor's always having a garage sale. Now, this is no put down. Glory to God. I hope he's not here today. He's, he's having a, he's going to hope none of you know him. Uh, he's having a, he has a garage sale all the time. And he says, come on over here. You can make money on the garage sale. And I said, if anybody wants anything I got, they can have it. And it's always like a new thought to him. But I just, uh, now, if you have garage sales, please don't think I'm putting that down. I, I don't mean that. But to me, the activating of faith is what is the most important thing. And, and I think about the guy who, I, I forget who it was. I think it was Creflo Dollar who God told him to give away uh, a suit. He and, told and, him which suit. Yeah, to told him which suit to give away. And he gave away three or four other suits because he had a favorite suit. How many of you got something really favorite <laughs> that you hope God doesn't ask you to give it away? Guess what? God's going to ask you to give away. And he gave away three or four suits and finally kept complaining to God, why are you having me give away all these suits? Creflo, 
I told you to give away one suit. God is watching to see if we will activate our faith. If, if, he, if, if we will activate our faith, he knows he can trust us. Does that make sense to you? Turn to your neighbor and say, activate your faith. Activate your faith. Now, you don't have to wait for God to tell you something. I guarantee you, all of you have been told something to do. And your faith has not been activated. And it's the same thing in my life. I, we have to think, okay, what has God already told me to do? And that's called faith, honey. And, you know, when we walk by faith and not by sight, there is a peace in that. If we have that assurance that what it says in Hebrews eleven six, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to the Lord. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder. Everybody say a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And, and really, I believe that God will reward faith. Just like in that situation where, you know, God told us to give away a car. I remember when Bill told me, I think we need to give this car to this man. I said, why would you give something that's already fallen apart to somebody? I mean, who would want it? Well, the man was a mechanic, and he did know how to fix it. It became a benefit to his family. It was a piece of junk to us. But God knew, everybody say God knew, that this man could benefit for it, from it for his whole family. And all we would get was $300. But when we did that, when Bill did that, I believe it released the blessing of God that not that day or not the next day. It was a, it was, there was a long period of time. But then one day, everybody say one day, God rewarded that that faith. And he gave him a good car, a lot better car, almost two year old or three year old car that, that we would have never dreamed we could have because we did not have the money to get that car. But God is a rewarder. Everybody say a rewarder. And then that changes your whole perspective from living by what you see to living by who God is. And there's a big difference between what we see and who God is. And we were eventually, I just thought of this, we were eventually able to give that car away. Yes, we were. God spoke into my heart one day to give that car away because we'd been blessed with something else, and I didn't want to give it away. I don't know a whole lot that God's ever told me to do I wanted to do. I did, really and truly, I'm sorry. but, But God said, give that car away, and I liked it as a backup car. And he said, give it away. And we talked about it and we gave it away. And, and it, it blessed somebody else. Now, if you start reading in this Bible from the very beginning all the way through to the very end, th- that which is not prophetic in the future, but, but there has never been a time when the people of God have been defeated at anything God told them to do when they did what God said. Never a single story in this Bible of defeat in any single area when the people of God did what God said. Nothing has changed. Tell your neighbor, nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. They activated their faith. They did what God said. And I think about this because, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But when Uncle Gene, and Uncle Gene's going to come and do a Wednesday night service for us, but when when, when Uncle Gene, you've all heard of Uncle Gene, some of you at the funeral (laughs) service, and we at the not the service, but at the uh, visitation for your dad, John, and uh, and uh, and some were introduced to Gene and said, you, "So you are the Uncle Gene? There really is an Uncle Gene." But when he came to live with us, he he was so down and so depressed, coming off of alcoholism. 
And, and the first job he got was working in a ditch, digging in a ditch for the church, Victory Christian Center, that eventually was built. And he was so depressed and so discouraged because what he wanted to do was to provide the finances for his daughter, Tracy, to go to college, Indiana University. And he would work in those dishes, and he would come home. All you have to do to release your faith and activate it, I believe, is to do what God said. Mm -hmm. I believe God will even bless you if you mumble while you do it, <laughs> because I watched him bless Gene Albert as he mumbled. Why am I working for? He was making minimum wage, working in the ditch down there, and one day he got a phone call, and the phone call came from Tr Tracy. <laughs> She's a doctor. I don't know why that makes me cry, but obviously it does. But... <laughs> But, but it's all part of a miracle that unfolded yeah. through yeah. one man going into a ditch because God told him to. Because I used to say to Gene, I said, did God tell you to go in that ditch and dig? And yeah, he yeah. told me to go in the ditch and dig. Yeah, he told me. And blankety blank, sometimes you would say. But he'd, he'd be so tired at night. Yeah. And he'd come home, go to BBI, and he'd just crash on the bed. And he was not a real happy camper, but he had activated his faith. And I don't even think he knew how it worked. And one day he got a call, and it was from Tracy. And the big heart's desire was broken in him because he couldn't send his daughter to college. And said, Dad, guess what? I have just received a full-ride scholarship. All expenses paid, room and board and books, all paid for four years. Whoa, glory to God. Because he activated his faith to work in the ditch. And not only that, but there was an element tied all the way back to him that when that entire scholarship system was set up in Michigan City, he was one of the people who helped the whole thing. Give the Lord a hand. Glory to God. Now, God is no respecter of persons. What he did for Gene... He will do for you. He will always do for us. But all we have to do is activate the faith. And what happens is when Jesus said he came to give us the abundant life, sometimes we quote that scripture like, oh, we're going to have everything we want. No, we're not. We're going to have to activate our faith. Jesus came and gave us the abundant life. The devil wants to steal it. Jesus came and gave it to us. But it's through faith that we receive all of the promises that God gave us. And I want to read to you from um, Hebrews 11, 1, and this is the Amplified. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things. Everybody say proof. Proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not yet revealed to the senses. And so faith is a powerful, powerful uh, tool that we have as the body of Christ. And it requires us to step out. Faith always grows by stepping out into nothing, into nothing, because faith cannot, what you're believing for cannot be seen yet. That's what this says, but it is a reality. Everybody say a reality, but that doesn't mean that it's just going to come like, oh, there it is. We have to walk out those places. And some of those places are difficult. You know, when we were in Tulsa, there was one time when uh, Bill was working at McDonald's and we were all about to starve to death because he was out of the will of God there for a minute. And uh, of course, if he went out of the will of God, we all went out of the will of God because we lived with him. And, uh, and so it was a very difficult time. And finally, it got so bad that one day I was just driving around and I didn't even know where I was. 
I, I think that I had become so overloaded with the pressure of no money and, and all the kids. We had four because Darren was there at that time. And, and we had no food. We had no money. And I remember I ended up, I didn't know where I was. And that's a very frightening feeling. I was on a street in Tulsa. I could not figure out where I was. And in a little bit, I kept driving around. I, I suddenly remembered where our administrator's house was. I went to their house, and they started praying for me. And uh, they brought me out a pan of lasagna <laughs> and gave it to me and said, now take this home. Everything's going to be all right. And I took it home. And I don't remember how we got out of all of that, except that God said, everybody say God said to my husband in the shower, go back to VBI. You'll miss the timing for the meaning of your life. And I was in bed. He came out white as a ghost. And I had heard the same thing while he was in the shower. Everybody say God said. But we had to, by faith, even stop all the income we did have for him to go back to Bible school. And all we had was a pan of lasagna. But God took care of us. You know, I believe he gave us that pan of lasagna to tell us it's okay. You're going to be all right. You know, God has a way when he asks us to step out in those places uh, to encourage us in the process. But it doesn't mean it's always like, oh, there was nothing to that. Faith requires discipline, effort. It requires believing that God is the rewarder of, of what he says he is. And, you, and when you activate that faith, you step out beyond your ability and you step into his ability. And I, I know that, that God would always speak to me out in Tulsa that I would have abundance. And, and when I got to Tulsa, it, I didn't have to go to Tulsa to read the Bible, but when I got to Tulsa, John 10, 10 just exploded. The devil comes to kill, steal, and to destroy, but I've come to give you life and give it more abundant and that you have it. And I think, okay, I have it. Lord, all I've got is $20 to put in the gas tank. Well, you have abundance because you only needed $20. Does that make sense? But it didn't to me. I was looking for a whole lot more than $20. You get a pan of lasagna, oh, feed the family for two or three days. I'm not sure it lasted that long no, because it was one. good. But, but there's the abundance for today. And it's like your definition of abundance and mine are not the same. But see, God was watching to see if we would do what he told us to do. And God is watching you because you can be in charge or he can be in charge. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know the answer to this one. I know the <laughs> you, answer. You put him in charge, you're going to walk by faith and not by sight. And I remember during this period of time, that, and it's activating that iron dome of faith, that, that there was a time that I really was, was wavering when my daughter called Debbie. And uh, she asked, uh, asked if I would come home and do her wedding. And uh, I don't cry all the time, by the way. Do we have visitors here? It's the home crowd. They know you. You're good. <laughs> but but uh, I didn't have the money for her wedding. And uh, it broke my heart. I knew I was coming back to do the wedding, but I didn't have the money for the wedding. And uh, there, there's just, how, how many of you know what it's like when you're in a position, you just can't do what you want to do? And, and uh and, but yet you have to go through the motions of life. And I remember coming back, and a businessman that I'd had a, a situation with years and years ago heard I was in town and called me out to uh, his business. And I was sitting there just talking to him. And, uh, and he said, what are you doing in town? I said, my daughter's getting married, and thank you so much. And all and we talked and got ready to leave. And he said, hey, he said, you know, 
that business transaction we had, he said, I don't think I paid you enough for what it was. And uh, he called his secretary in, wrote out a check and handed it to me, which was just about what the wedding was. And, uh, but it wasn't quite. And uh, I was fine with that. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that wasn't enough. I was going to take whatever he wanted to give me. And, and he handed it to me, and I started to get him. He said, wait a minute. I don't think that's enough. Called her back in, wrote me out another check, took care of all of the wedding at that particular moment. And we were able to pay for that whole thing. Now, you have things like that in your life, either in the past or you have them coming. It won't look right on the surface, but if you will activate your faith, you're going to see the hand of God move on your behalf. God will never leave us begging for anything. And every need we've ever had has been supplied. Now, hindsight <laughs> is always a, a lot, lot easier <laughs> than foresight <laughs> because there are things even today God is showing us just like, okay, God, if this is really you, I'll do it. How many of you realize your mind can play tricks on you? But after a while, you know when it's God. Turn to your neighbor and say, my mind's not playing tricks. I know when it's God. The devil wants to impart fear, but there is no fear in perfect love, as Dan said. But when we activate our faith, God is in charge. And there will always be those attacks against your mind. Yep. You know, um, when, when we didn't have that for Debbie, uh, the enemy always says, well, you know, he gets that scripture out in Timothy that says, if you're not a ruler over your own house, how can you be a ruler over the house of God? Yep. And so he brings up all these things to try to take away your faith. Everybody say your faith. Yep. But, but Bill always did have this. If you will do what I ask you to do, I'll take care of your children. So we had to go back to that scripture, even though we didn't have enough. Everybody say, you may not have enough. You may not have enough in your own ability, but God has more than enough. And when the time comes, he'll provide for it. I was with my mother the other day, and, um, you know, I believe you have to, anything that you lose, you have to sow. Everybody say, that's faith. That's faith. Because the word says, if you sow something, yeah. God will increase you for sowing. Yeah. And uh, I've learned that over the years. You know, it's not always easy because a lot of things that happen are not fair. But if you don't, if you don't fight against what the enemy's doing and yeah. you just say, I sow it, I'm not giving it to you, devil. Yeah. And I'm not going to complain about what you did. I'm going to sow it to the kingdom of God. And there we go. So I, I woke up, I don't know what day it was, Monday or whatever, and I went to go to my mother's bank account and to check and make sure all the checks were in. Now, you know, when the government owes you, they're slow. But when the government is going to do something, they can do it in a second. And they put my dad's uh, Social Security in on the 3rd of September. He passed away on the 30th of August. And on the 8th, they took it back out. And the VA is going to take their money out. And, and so, meanwhile... I wrote a check to her place where she is and then found out that the money was gone. So I got my mother because, you know, I am the power of attorney, but she has to be with me if people don't know that. So mother and I go down to the, the Social Security office, and we're sitting there. And, I mean, there were so many people. We barely could find a seat. <laughs> so I thought this is going to be a long time for mom. But anyway, we sat there. I don't know how it happened, but they called our number pretty quick. And we got back there, and sure enough, if you die any time in the month, your Social Security's gone. They don't prorate it. They just take it. And, um, and then, they, but they did give my mother, my dad's Social Security, but they took hers. 
So net effect was we lost $800 just, you know, that overnight. We just lost $800 and then another 2000 Well, um, I thought, that is, that's just really, that's not very nice to do, you know, to someone. And then instantly I thought, nope, I'm selling it to the government. And I thought, God, you're going to have to help them. They don't know what to do with their money. But as for me, everybody say, as for me, I am sowing that and letting it go. I didn't lose it. It's invested in our government. Hopefully it'll produce a good harvest somewhere. I don't know where, but for me, it will produce a harvest for my mother. We need finances. So it's going to produce a harvest. We can when, when we operate by faith, we're putting our confidence in God to replenish that and not in the government. I'm thankful for what she does get, but the rest of it is up to God. He'll do it. That's right, because our confidence is in God, and that's where our faith is activated. The $800, it'll help with another round of golf. Glory to God. <laughs> but 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 15, 57 and 58 says, Thanks be to God. Who gives us the The victory victory. through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, it's easy for me to stand up here and talk to you about how giving that car away, plant that seed to get another car. That's not how I felt at the time. I knew I had to do it, but I didn't feel that way at the time. There's an empty feeling inside. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have God speaking some things to you right now? that seem to be beyond your ability, but you really believe it's God speaking to you. That's what you need to activate your faith and do it because the devil comes about as a roaring lion. It's in First Peter. And, and he's seeking whom he may destroy. He wants, to cons- he wants to change the Word of God, no different really than the Garden of Eden. Did God really say go to Tulsa? Did God really say, give this up? Did God really say, change jobs and take a lesser paying job? I think about Billy Joe Doherty, who had a job in the oil fields, going to college, making really, really big money. And he worked in the oil fields one day, and uh, he he tells this story. He used to tell it all the time about how he'd go to the oil fields, and when they'd take a break, he said, when you're working with these people in the Oklahoma oil fields, you're working with a bunch of really tough guys. And he said he'd go out there, and when they would take their lunch break, he'd go read his Bible. And they'd say, Doherty, what are you doing? He said, I'm reading the Bible. And he says, well, let's play a game. And he said, we all had these steel helmets. And they'd get these big clods of dirt, and they'd throw them at me. And they'd see how many they could ping off my helmet. And that I would have to run around during the lunch break as they were throwing these dirt clods. He said, that was a tough job, but I stayed in shape. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes people will look at you like you're really weird when you do things that God is showing you to do by faith. But when the devil walks about as that roaring lion, Seeking whom he may destroy, it's always our mind. He is defeated. Everybody say the devil's defeated. The devil's defeated. If you read First John chapter three verse eight, and if you read in Colossians, it says that that powers and principalities of darkness have been defeated. And that the devil has been defeated. That's why Jesus was manifest, to defeat the works of the devil. We don't know exactly how this works, but the devil is free as a defeated foe to walk around and fire darts at you. Those are thoughts. Everybody that's had a, a thought that you know was from the devil, lift your hand and everybody look around. We all have our hands lifted. 
And when he comes, he's trying to steal your faith. Because if he can steal your faith, he'll stop you from moving into what God has for you. And that's why we have to be on guard. And it says, resist him, in verse number 9 of 1 Peter 5, resist him steadfast in the faith. Then it goes on in verse number 10 that says, after you have suffered a while, turn to your neighbor and say, suffering is okay. Suffering is okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, there was a suffering when all we could afford was hamburgers at Burger King. Yeah. This is not a message about us, but there has been lack in your life too. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've had lack. But it was apparent lack. Because it was for the season that you were going through where I can go to I can go to Burger King anytime now and praise God and pay a dollar for a Whopper or two dollars for a Whopper. But there was a time when we could only pay a dollar for 10 hamburgers. That was 10 cents a piece. I finally figured that out. <laughs> I had, but those times now, those times now when you look back on them, how many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? You look back on them now, oh, they're hilarious. At the time, it was anything but hilarious. It was, what am I doing, God? I'm trying to get in line here to get 10 hamburgers for a dollar, and I call this success. Yeah, and especially for him, because all my kids like to eat theirs, one with ketchup, one with just this, oh, one with just that. And he would always that say... That was worse than the 10 for the dollar. <laughs> he would always say, Mine's we are... got a pickle on it. I can't eat it. <laughs> well, it's better than nothing, so swallow your pickle. Um, you, know, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're in those times and you're trying to justify this to your family, you know, this is, this is what we're doing because this is what God said. And, you know, the enemy, he can, he can say to you, well... You know, what are they going to think of God when you're all done with this? Well, I believe they all think what we think about God, that God is a provider, even in the hardest times. Do you know everybody goes through hard times? And you better know in those hard times who's going to take care of you because it won't be man. It'll be God providing through man. And I don't know what caused Burger King to do that, but every Wednesday night after church, we went through there. We went home with big sacks, like, you know, $3. That's a lot of hamburgers. But when you've got three or four teenage boys... That's just about right, you know, a sack apiece. And so it was a, it, they thought they had hit the jackpot because we never had money to really go out and eat. But on that Wednesday night, we could buy them all these hamburgers. They thought this was great. And so, you know, God has a way of making things be okay even when they're not okay. We, we would save, save our money to come home at Christmas time while we're out there. And and you all know what I'm talking about. You save your money to do something really important. And we saved our money, and then we come back through St. Louis this one time, and we stopped at White Castle and bought 40 hamburgers. And Pam said on the rest of the way to Tulsa with all those boys, we're never doing that again. <laughs> First Peter. <laughs> and, you know, then everybody has to see who can let the biggest one, you know. <laughs> Lori's crying. I'm upset, and he's in the middle of it. He's right and with it, them, all of them. And it was a Dotson two. It was a Dotson two ten. If you can remember back that yeah, far, that was small, you know. But this is what First Peter five ten says. <laughs> but may the God. This is after he talks about the devil coming and about walking by faith and resist him steadfast in the faith. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while perfect establish 
strengthen and settle you. Turn to your neighbor and say, are we done suffering yet? <laughs> because once you are, all of the perfection that yes. God has for you is coming so that you can then go to the next level. And I believe this with all my heart. I believe in these last days that we're living in, they're going to be fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic for the person who's walking by faith. No fear activating that dome of faith and saying, I know what God said to do. There are things God has been showing me, some that I haven't even shared with Pam. They are just fascinating. And I say, oh, that is really good, but I don't know how to do that. And instantly in my spirit, I've heard, I do. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is smarter than you. God is smarter than you. And all we have to do is activate our faith to say, God, I'll do that. That is awesome. And every once in a while, we miss it along the way, do we not? There are times I've activated what I thought was my faith only to find out God wasn't in it. Thank you, Lord. I found out a way that didn't work. Now I'm going to do it your way. And we get to the point when we're going to do what God said. And every day is a new day to get up and say, God, what's my assignment for today? You know, we sing that song that Corey wrote. I love it. It's uh, I'm going to see you great. Yeah. But but I know from experience, if you're going to see God great, you're probably going to go through something. Because to see God great it means we decrease, he increases. That means we get in a position where we can't do it yeah. without him, which means it's going to be one of those places where we feel like we're suffering. But it, in the end, everybody say in the end, we will see the reward of that in that God will be glorified in a way that it, we will see him great. And over all these, all that we went through in all the years we've been in ministry and all those things that happened in Tulsa were just baby things to where we've been since we've had this church. Uh, but, and I heard, I hear Joyce Meyer say, you know, it used to be, we were just believing for this and that seemed hard, but now we're here and we're really, it really seems hard, but it's the same faith. Everybody say the same, same faith, faith. Same but faith. it says we grow in our faith. You know, we're given a measure of faith. It's our choice whether we step out to where the missiles are firing. Really it is. And we can stay in the same place. And when we get all through say, well, I never God saw God do that. It's because we never pushed the button. We never pushed the button and stepped into that place. I believe there's a lot of people today in the body of Christ locked into a place that yeah. they could have been way far ahead, but they wouldn't push the button. Yeah. And when you, you know, you have the ability to stop the fiery darts of the enemy, but you have to be willing to push the button. You have to be willing to step out by faith and take care of those missiles because the devil does shoot missiles, fiery missiles. Yeah. He has fiery missiles. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think this is a prophetic word for some of you. Some of you have family members that seem to be on the sidelines. But in these last days, they're going to make the right decision. They they're coming in the game. They're coming in the game. They're going to get their head in the game because they're going to have a revelation of how serious and how important this is. And I want to share a final scripture before we, uh, we close here, a couple of them. But, but when, when, when I was uh, in the service... We had uh, a, a time when um, we were doing night qualifications on an aircraft carrier. And 
I, I think I've shared this story years before, so I'll try to make it short, but the, all of the pilots had to qualify once a year for night qualifications, and they would always try to do it on the darkest nights they could find, so that when the pilot got away from the carrier, they had to fly totally by their navigational equipment, their controls on, on in the plane. They were trained to do this, but to do it actual, uh, apart from what's called a link trainer, do the real thing is very difficult. And one night we had a pilot who ended up getting vertigo. He, he wanted a visual to see for the carrier instead of staying focused and, and releasing his faith, really, on his control panel. And he ended up flying his plane into the ocean because he wanted to see what he knew he was moving toward. And, and, and he died. And, but it's a, it's a great correlation toward faith. You can see it with your spiritual eyes, but you can't always see it with your natural eyes. Does that make sense to all of you what I'm saying? You have to see it with your spiritual eyes, closing your eyes. Dr. Cho used to say when God told him he'd have the largest church in the world, and he was in a Marine Corps tent with nine people. Most of them were his family. And they went up to him after one of the services and said, Cho, you always close with you always preach with your eyes closed. Why do you do that? He said, God told me I would have the largest church in the world. When I open my eyes, I see nine people. When I close my eyes, I see the largest church in the world. You know, sometimes we have to close our eyes, not when you're driving, but you have to close your eyes and see by your spirit what God told you. And what the Word of God says is that when the devil comes, that we submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Only one way to submit to God, and that's to release our faith, to activate our faith. But then in Ephesians 6.16, it says, above all, take the shield of faith, which will quench every single fiery dart of the enemy. There isn't a single one of us, when we activate our faith, that is not going to be attacked by the devil. Every single one of you. It goes with the territory of spiritual warfare. But we know and activate our faith, which is that iron dome that repels every single dart, and say, God said, and we move forward, and we accomplish what God said. And that's what Joshua had going. That's what Abraham had going. That's what all the great men and women of God had when they did what God said. You know, in this uh, Amplified, it says, uh, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith. Everybody say saving faith. See, your faith will save you uh, from what the enemy's doing, upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles. And I thought that was interesting because my husband was talking about that Iron Dome. Those are missiles that that Iron Dome yeah. has to stop. And in the Amplified, it calls those darts of the enemy flaming missiles. Uh, Jerry Seville did a, uh, a whole video once on the fiery darts of the enemy. Yeah. And uh, if you ever get it, we still have that video somewhere. Sue has it. But he's he dressed up and in, in he had on this outfit, but he had arrows stuck all over him. But but he, there was no armor on the back side. Everybody say no armor on the back side. See, the, the shield of faith is out here. It's not covering your behind. And so we're never to run. 
from the enemy. We are meant to go forward, and if a flaming missile hits us, we have saving faith. Everybody say saving faith. Because that shield of faith is a saving faith that will keep us from anything that the enemy is trying to do. But we have to be going forward. Everybody say go forward. Faith always goes forward. Faith never retreats. Now, faith might want to retreat. I mean, there's those feelings of retreating. There's those thoughts of this can't be God and why did this happen? And if this is God, why is this happening? And how many of you ever had all those thoughts? Those are those fiery darts. And doubt and unbelief are your greatest enemy of faith. Doubt. Everybody say doubt. Doubt. And unbelief. unbelief. You will fall into unbelief if you doubt. Yeah. You will fall into it. You'll begin to argue. Once you start arguing with the devil, you are, you, your goose is cooked. Because he is very good at arguing and debating the truth of the word of God. But if you stay focused on the Lord and don't give him the time of day, just continue to quote what the word of God says. That's faith released into the situation. And those fiery darts will just, they may hit your shield, but they're not going to have any effect on you because you have saving faith. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. I think about you, Sue, when you had uh, prayer on September the 11th down at the courthouse. And uh, she felt led of the Lord to follow through with that, and they prayed. I don't know how big the turnout was, but it doesn't really matter. She did what God said. Sometimes we have a tendency to look at the results instead of did I do what God said. Mm -hmm. I believe with all of my heart that Jean Albers' daughter, Tracy, went through medical school went through undergraduate school at iu with all expenses paid ended up getting similar situations for her graduate school and now has her doctorate because gene alber went to the ditch i believe that with all my heart i believe there are many people who will be saved and brought into the kingdom because you will do what god said even though it won't compute with your mind but you know that you know that you know that God is telling you by the Spirit this is the direction you're to go. We walk by faith and not by sight. And when we walk by faith and not by sight, it's not the result we're focused upon. It's the obedience to Almighty God because sometimes the result does not come the way we thought it would. I remember when we went to Tulsa and I had about $30,000 worth of debt through that business transaction and all of that. And I thought God was going to take care of it right away because I did what he said. Ten years later, it was taken care of. And every single dollar was paid back. And I thank God for doing it now and not erasing it or anything else. But it doesn't always happen the way we think it would. As a matter of fact, it hardly ever I'll speak for myself. It hardly ever happens the way I think that it would. You know, I just want to share this. Um, we have a friend in Mexico who went down there, and he walked the beaches years ago, and God gave him about a light that would shine there in that, in that area. And so there was this old place, and long story short, they ended up getting it. They literally had to kill snakes, kill real snakes, in order to bring that thing about. It's now a huge base, uh, has a Bible school. It's it's raised up many young men in Mexico. Uh, I think he has some 50 churches under him now that are in all the mountains around Mexico. 
uh, ministering to young people. But he, he shared with me the last time I was down there, he said, you know, I believe God has shown me that um, he's going to send me retired people. He's going to send them down here and they're going to help me because they're going to retire and they don't have anything to do. Everybody say that would take faith. Now, listen, it would, and a big fan, and not many clothes because it's very hot there. But but it, everybody say, by faith. He sees that. Now, God is going to start speaking to retired people that, you know, your life isn't done. Pastor Billy Joe always said, you know, you, you don't retire, you refire. You do something else. But but he has he's seen that, and they're going to come, and they're going to help him expand what he's already done, and that their latter days are going to be greater than their former days because they'll be in a position where they have their retirement, and they'll be able to come down there. They're like supported missionaries by the, the Social Security of America or whatever. But, you know, everybody say big vision requires big faith. But it also requires big faith in people who will respond to that big vision that are out there that are saying, oh, I can do that. Multitudes of children, they're starting a Christian school. They've always had one, but it's growing. Their high school's growing. They're training all these young people, and they need help. They need help. But he sees the greatest uh, group of people that can help in the day we're living are that generation that are retiring because they they still have a lot to give. And so he sees them coming. You know, I don't know what God's doing in the earth, but I know it's big. I know we're going to see him great, but people are going to have to respond to that call that's on the inside of them to go and be what God's called them to be, no matter what their age in life. Honey, that's a good word. I believe that the Lord has shown me that there's going to be a, a gigantic shift in the world and that those people that are open to shift as he shows them are going to be blessed and used mightily by God. Kind of a football analogy sometimes, but they'll shift players at a given moment because of a need. And God is seeing everything that's going to happen. And God has a plan for you in these end times. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you if you know, if your day ended today, if this was your last day on this planet, do you know that you would be alive and well in heaven? Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Or perhaps you're here and you're like that prodigal child. You've walked away from the things of God, but you know it's time to come home. If I described you, I want to pray for you. And all over this church, if you're here and you'd say, pray for me, I I know you described me. I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. We're going to pray for you. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. 
Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.